The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. Uh, we are, let's see, here to talk hockey this morning and not talk about the other thing. It's that other thing that seems to have eaten all media everywhere. Yes. Um, so I, rather than pay attention to outside you know, influences, um, and I know that you mentioned this uh, earlier in the week, but that we might have to actually start doing this. But when do we start doing movie reviews? I'm looking forward to it. No, I'm kidding. No. Hey, I have. I honestly, I haven't seen Mystery Alaska in a couple of years. Um, I would love to rewatch that you, one. You told me you've never seen Sudden Death. There's one to go. There's one I, to go watch. I Die Hard. We have not that one. Die Hard at the Stanley Cup Finals. Unfortunately, instead of Bruce Willis, who's a good actor, we have Jean-Claude Van Damme, who, well, not so much. Who occasionally reads lines. Yes. <laughs> and I was wondering I, I've seen it but the last time I saw it was at least a decade ago uh, I must have been more so maybe and all I remember is he's running around scaffolding in the igloo which they don't use anymore so uh, it's also a little bit of a history lesson as to where the penguins used to play because unfortunately Gary Bettman loves the penguins and somehow that managed to manifest itself into this movie i don't know maybe they filmed it during the stanley cup i don't remember it's been a long time uh but if i had to recommend hockey movies mighty ducks well at least the first one <laughs> mighty ducks 2 actually isn't bad mighty it's ducks 2 silly. isn't bad the third one got a little carried away <laughs> the third one was uh, the third one was what they joked about in the uh, closing credits for a good five minutes of 22 Jump Street. Um, and if you haven't seen that great non-hockey movie, um, uh, that and 21 Jump Street are just a bunch of fun, even if you're not a particular fan of either of the main character actors. Been a long time since I've seen Mystery Alaska. I don't remember. Was Russell Crowe a good skater? Um, he was no worse than Milan before he learned Milan Lucic before he learned to skate. Oh, OK. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I, I suppose my top my top pick would probably be Miracle. Uh, if you want to if you want to look at. Uh, Wait, people are allowed to say something other than Slapshot as their top hockey movie. <gasps> I know. What am I thinking? I'm glad I was sitting down like my. I didn't mean to slide it. I didn't mean to try and surprise you with it. <laughs> I didn't My want heart you to get hurt. I'm not. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not sure we can continue today. But oh. yeah, Kurt. Uh, Kurt Russell put on a fabulous, uh, fabulous job as 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 Herb Brooks. I mean, nailed it. And Herb was apparently Herb was on site for most of principal filming. Uh, but unfortunately passed away before the movie was in the can and ready to be uh, shown to the public. So he never got to see the finished product, but from what everybody says, he nailed her Brooks. And therein lies uh, the movie critics corner for the, <laughs> for this fourth week of, of uh, non No, this is like the sixth week of 
Okay, so the fourth week of not mentioning anything. Oh, yeah. The fourth week of not mentioning that thing. Yeah. So where would you like to officially start the show? Um, Serious or or not so serious? It's all serious. I mean, this is is the most serious hockey show on the planet. Yeah, that's why we opened with uh, very brief movie reviews. Sure. <laughs> um, why don't we we've go got, with... We've got a bunch of St. Louis stuff to talk about. We do have a bunch of St. Louis-centered uh, stuff, uh, starting with some signings. Um, so St. Louis has been uh, a busy little beaver out there. Um <sighs> I love having to look it up because I can never remember that it's Doug Armstrong is the GM. So he's been a busy little beaver. And uh, I think he's been a smart little beaver, too, because I, would I like the Sammy Blaise deal. Sammy Blaze, two year. I mean, two year Sorry. extension. Two year extension, one and a half at a value of one and a half. I I can live with that. Yeah, I, I don't have any qualms about it. Uh, they also extended another young kid. Extended. Mackenzie wow. McEachern. Mackenzie McEachern extended nine hundred thousand per season. Uh, another youngster that they that they think very highly of in the in the organization. I think Sammy Blaze, as it stands, is a little bit ahead of him. But they're both good looking young players. But I uh, think the, yeah. I think the big de- I think the big deal here, and it's not really all that big. But the big deal here has to be Marco Scandella. Oh, that absolutely. That's uh, that's their that's their best addition of the season. Um, well, and they, they acquired him at the they acquired him at the deadline uh, or slightly before it on the 18th. They acquired him at the deadline from uh, Montreal, who had acquired him from Buffalo like a month and a half earlier. Yeah. And and still not sure why they moved him unless they just knew they weren't going to be re-signing him for whatever reason. Well, I think Montreal finally realized that they weren't making the playoffs and they got rid of him rather than have him sit on the uh, roster for nothing. Um, I don't remember that the return was necessarily huge, but um, he played, he, he played all of 11 games before the pause he played all of 11 games with the team. He only had one assist. No worries. Four penalty mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, average, he had 17 shots on net. So, he, I mean, he's never been a, a hugely offensive defenseman. And that's fine by me. You need guys who stay back so that the offensive guys can do what they do. But at this point, he's got to be, what, top three or top three or four defensemen? I mean, they've got Petrangelo, Yeah, he'll play in their obviously. top four. you got um, Petrangelo. you got Pareko. I mean, but uh, the uh, the Canadians actually ma- turned a profit on having him on the roster for six weeks. Uh, when they originally when they traded him to Buffalo, um, Buffalo got San Jose's uh, fourth round pick in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, the Montreal Canadiens, I- in return, got St. Louis's second round pick. <laughs> nice. And, Granted, and St. Louis is going to be 
uh, a lower pick within each round. That's still 35 picks higher than what they paid for him. Oh, easily. Plus, uh, plus they got a conditional fourth round pick um, if he resigns, which he just did uh, before seven or uh, before October 7th of this year. Um, So they got they got a fourth round pick that will be a little bit lower than what they paid for him. Um, and they got a second round pick that will be, you know, Hey, a second round pick, regardless of where it is, has a pretty solid shot of turning into an actual NHL player. Um, inclined to agree. Hey, it has, it has a potential to turn it. It has a reasonable potential to turn into hall of famers. There's a really strong number of, of second round picks, uh, in the NHL who are probably going to be in the hall of fame or probably going to have their number retired by their jersey, uh, by their team. And, you know, P- Patrice Bergeron is probably the head of that list. Uh, yeah, I would have to. Yeah. Uh, if if he does not have his jersey retired at minimum, I will be uh, – there will probably be blood in the streets. Um, and, and, and the thing with Scandella is – that it's not a huge it, it's, not it's not a, a huge, huge cost for the Saint, for St. Louis. I mean, he was making two million dollars this season. Mm-hmm. He's stepping up to three to three point two seven five yep. per year for the next four. So it's a nice payday for Marco as far as a pay raise. It's not very expensive for St. Louis, and yet you've got yourself easily a top four defenseman. And here's the other thing. Marco Scandella spent most of his career playing uh, in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He's gotten a lot closer to the people uh, and the places that uh, he basically called home for his entire career uh, or for most of his career. Um, he was drafted in 08, so he's a good ways into his career. Um, and he was in Minnesota until the 16, and end of the 16-17 season. It's only 30 um, years old now. 580 NHL regular season NHL games, 39 uh, playoff games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's reasonable mileage uh, on the body. So I'm not saying he's old, not even hockey old, but no, I wouldn't even call. I mean, you want to talk about not old, but maybe a little hockey old might be uh, somebody here in Boston. I don't think 42 is old by any stretch, but in, in hockey terms, it might be for Chara. And uh, he's he's the oldest player in the league. He, he's hockey old. <laughs> so and the yes, question I would say it to his face. So the question for me here, and and it was certainly the next story up when I was scrolling through all of these signings. The next story up, and, and my question is, what does it mean for Vince Dunn? I, easily, you have to do something with him. He's an RFA. He's he's just finishing up his his entry level. I can't see them letting this kid get away. Um, maybe unless there's something we don't know, which is likely. Maybe he doesn't want to stay in town. It, it, this could potentially affect his playing time because, uh, as I started to say before, you got Petrangelo. He's captain. He's thirty years old and. He's actually good. he's actually a, a free agent as well, so you have to throw money at him. And I can't see I can't see St. Louis letting him get away. 
if they do, he better be on a plane northeast. Um, <laughs> looking at their defense, though, I have to wonder if they're planning on Petrangelo leaving, like legitimately planning on Petrangelo leaving. They have Colton Pareko, Justin Falk, Marco Scandella um, as the three next guys. Vince Dunn yeah. played a significant role across the across their cup winning season. Mm-hmm. If, if Petrangelo gets the nine and a half to ten that can be estimated for a guy with his resume, that's that puts them well over the cap for next for next year. I mean, Vince Dunn. If Vince a, Dunn, on the other hand, Vince Dunn is not a hugely. He's played in seventy-one games yep. this season. 23 points, not a huge amount when you compare him to guys like Petrangelo, who who has 52 currently. But I mean, he's what 22, 23 years old. 23. He is up. He is up and coming. He's a plus 15. Um, uh, he's, Vince Dunn, he, he shoots like you wouldn't believe. He's actually he's got, got a heavy shot. He's got 138 shots on net. Yeah, he's he, – I mean, it's not a low amount. It's not huge. Justin Falk has – their defense is one of the more active defenses offensively. Anyway, you look at their shots per – you got Petrangelo with 225. You got Pareko with 162. You got Falk with 147. Dunn with 138. I mean – and then you go to Scandella, who, like in, like I said, in, in 11 games only has 17. Scandella doesn't have to shoot. The other four guys ahead of him at the moment are blistering the net with pucks. <laughs> I mean, as of right now, assuming the cap stays the same for next year, uh, they only uh, St. Louis only has four and a half million free with twenty players signed. Uh, my math says that uh, yeah, they have enough forwards. Uh, you can probably send two or three guys to the. Uh, to uh, the AHL, uh, let <clears throat> let one or two guys go. Um, looks like J- uh, it might be the end of Jacob Delarose's time. Uh, he's in RFA with arbitration rights. Um, they took him on. They got him at the deadline from uh, from Detroit. Yep. And and I wasn't surprised. Detroit. He he's not a Detroit type player based on what it based on what it would appear Eisenman was trying to do. Delarose doesn't necessarily fit. I think Eisenman is sort of trying to recreate the wheel that he created in Tampa Bay. He wants fast. He wants young. He wants goal scoring. Um, he recognizes that defense is important, but he's not going to have a slow, inag- slow, uh, unmovable defense either. I mean, they're going to be floating around. So Delarose really didn't fit what he's trying to do. So I wasn't surprised that they moved uh, moved on him and, and got what they wanted. But I don't know that he stays in St. Louis either. I have to agree. But, I mean, even let, even if you let De La Rose go um, or you move him for a pick at the draft, um, same with uh, you let Troy Brower go, that's still only buying you another million and a half. You're you're just not re-signing Petro Angelo for six million. Uh, no, he's making six and a half now, so um, you're certainly not making it. You're certainly not getting him for six, not unless you structure the deal to be uh, front loaded, which you really can't get away with anymore. Unfortunately, no. 
but uh, I, I mean, get that. I, I don't even think, and I wouldn't blame him for not taking it, that an eight-year deal for Petrangelo at $6 million would be acceptable. Because no. um, he's only 30. I mean, he can realistically, I don't if, like, if he's healthy. I don't like the options of where – I don't like the options of where he could potentially go, though. Although I'm, I'm questioning whether Toronto recognizes good defensemen, so. No. <laughs> Apparently not. But they could certainly put it, put him to use. Imagine him in a Nashville uniform. Um, you know, the coach, uh, assuming the coaches have any stroke <laughs> at all, uh, the coach who would be in their GM's office, probably picking them up and shaking them is one uh, is in uh, is also in the Northeast. And uh, their uniforms have a little bit more red than Toronto's. Yeah, Claude Julian would go nuts. Well, I, I was, I was, I'm sorry, I was daydreaming for a second of, of Claude Julian's beaming face. Um, but uh, Claude I mean, Julian it, for at least two weeks would be the happiest man in Montreal. I remember <laughs> once. I remember once going to development camp uh, in Wilmington. Was it the year after they had won the cup, or, or maybe it was a year, or the year after the year they after. Made it to, year after they made it to the final uh, in 13 against Chicago and he's walking around and the man's got like a, a, a three day growth on his face and he's wearing golf clothes and the guy is beaming. That's the club Julian you would see. Oh, if Montreal brought in blowing from the inside, <laughs> uh, he had and oh, and you can't remember, you can't forget his tan that that summer. Oh, and he the tan, yes. The tan. He looked like he had not been inside for more than three hours during daylight since uh, the season ended. Uh, it was it, it was amazing the transformation. Yeah, I'd never seen a man. I had never seen the man so relaxed because behind the bench, totally not what you would expect out of him. But yes, yeah, so no. Montreal were to land Petrangelo. Ah. Uh, and they could Again. legitimately use Petrangelo because he would he would absolutely improve their defense. But it, his ability to move the puck forward, which Montreal lacks, would be uh, equally improved. I would have to agree. I mean, uh, like I said, it scares me the thought of other places that he could go to. I mean. And and dare I say, even if even if the even if uh, Eisenman were to throw his hat in the ring, to have him be the leader of that, not that he would want to go there because chances of making the playoffs and and getting postseason, ac- uh, any kind of postseason exposure might be you know difficult what? for the next few years. But you know what though, he's already won a cup. He's won a cup. He's thirty. Most guys. Never win a cup. Never get. Never get there. I think he's there's only one. He's cu- certainly I think there's only not one cup winner left on that team. He's certainly not ever. Uh, I mean, he's certainly not ever been overpaid. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just wants the money now, for which no one could blame him. I mean. It, it, going back to the other two youngsters, you got Sammy Blaze is 23. McKenzie actually is a little bit older. I didn't realize he's yep. 26, but plays both wings. Actually has more points and played in more games this season than Sammy Blaze has. 
Uh, but he's uh, had some interesting injuries. Uh. But I, I, neither one of those is is one is anything that's going to turn the NHL on its ear, so to speak. You know, they're they're both like I said, nice nice looking young players. They got some talent there. Uh, it's more important to see how they step up with these next contracts uh, in the next couple of years, whether there's something there, you know, whether smoke this fire or is this just something that's smoldering and never going to actually catch on. But a a nice job by nice job by Doug Armstrong this week. (laughs) Yeah, he, he got some stuff done. Maybe not the most important players uh, on the roster, but he really, he really only had one major name to sign uh, before it's too late. And those guys take time. Yeah. It's just like a certain defenseman here in new England who's taking time. <laughs> well, see that one. <clears throat> Why is not he? In see, Doug Ar- see Doug Armstrong, Doug Armstrong has the buffer of having won a cup. Mm-hmm. Don Sweeney doesn't have a buffer. He's, He's not won anything. Well, no, he was not the GM when they won the cup. That would that would be Chia Pet. Uh, he took a team. He took the team to the Stanley Cup Finals, and they lost with Tuukka Rask, his second Stanley Cup Finals loss. <laughs> um, We're not saying anything here. Not saying anything. <laughs> uh, I'm insinuating that perhaps it's a goaltending issue and too much faith in the goaltender, just a tiny bit. I would um, never insinuate that. <laughs> may have to flat out say it, but wouldn't insinuate it. <laughs> uh, but so you know, Doug Armstrong can. Yeah, I get, I, I, I get that. Doug Armstrong does have a little bit of leeway, a little bit of rope to play with. I'm gonna back eight to ten. I'm not sure how patient uh, the Jacobs family is going to be and what their reaction is going to be to one being pilloried in the press for weeks um, and two, they brought that how much themselves. money they're, they're going to lose, um, not just from the Bruins not playing, but from the Celtics not playing and from their holdings uh, doing the. And now they guess so that's their profit margin running away. Um, That's the NHL's profit margin running away. Um, and probably the NBA's as well. But um, that's also there. Um, but, you know, Delaware North does the food and beverages and uh, at a lot of arenas. I mean, I think it's it's at least 40, it may be as many as 100 across North America. Um, that's – he may be – he may actually be losing – more than any other any other uh, owner in the NHL. Yeah, I, that still isn't an excuse to not get Tory Krug signed. No, um, you you absolutely need that player. I would I would be inclined to agree on that one. Yeah, you don't have a replacement in the system. Period. Nah, you certainly don't have a replacement with the combination of consistency <clears throat> drive and I mean that both on and off the ice because Tory Krug don't 
ever let anyone convince you otherwise, is one of the most driven athletes I've ever met. And as you keep pointing out, this is a kid who, for some reason, doesn't get recognized in the same circles as some of the quote-unquote elite defensemen. But when you look at his numbers, it suddenly becomes obvious that he needs to be at least considered in the top 5% or whatever, you know, top 20 defensemen in the league or whatever. Because he produces. He, he, he is produces he the best defensive defenseman in the league? No, but no. that's not his job. And and he's not going to tell you he is. His agent isn't going to tell you he is. But, but, they, is but he they're going to point average? to those numbers. <laughs> is, he, is he league average or better? Yes. Yes. Uh, and offensively, he's consistently been in the top 10 since his first full season in the NHL. Or top 10 or 12 as far as points of production. You can't you can't complain about that. Not at all. when you don't have a replacement in the system. If you can go out and get a better replacement, uh, a better points replacement, you know, someone who's producing a, a few more points, and that, that's a short list, who has who's going to bring the same level of energy, intensity, and mm, what's oh. A little bit. Uh, what's that? Uh, what's that phrase of Berkey's? That word, uh, truculence. Yes. That same level of truculence to playing the game. He's not a dirty player. Uh, in fact, he's he's actually one of the cleaner guys uh, in uh, certainly uh, certainly one of the cleaner defensemen around. But you cross the line. <laughs> He, he's going to he's going to push you back over it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, just just look at just ask Rob Thomas, I suppose. <laughs> if he can remember. <laughs> uh, well, he yeah he might he might have suppressed that memory. Uh, just a th- I mean, I know I would want to that that was not a good look for him. <laughs> uh, just. Uh, it, and and I don't want to move on from St. Louis. I don't want to move on. But there are a couple of players who have actually called it a career. I mean, we go from yeah. signings to endings here, unfortunately. Uh, the first one was actually a Bruins draft pick who never played for the Bruins. I, and I really, really wonder what this player was like to work with. He's 33 years old now. He drafted in the fifth round. Of the the vaunted 2000 oh wait no wrong one 2004 entry level draft so maybe not vaunted so much or vaulted or whatever uh, but a fifth round pick who managed to play in 643 NHL games 300 and, uh, 358 points in his career he's yep. played on is it two he has two Stanley has Cup two rings cups. I believe two cups two cup rings with of course the same team. Uh, um, Chris Versteeg, I, I've said it for years. I genuinely wonder what this guy is like to work with and why he a keeps getting traded away from places or allowed to sign elsewhere. We wondered that all through his career. Actually, every time he got moved, we were trying to figure out what was up with this guy that nobody wanted to keep him because he's not getting, he's never been paid huge amounts. No, but he keeps, he's been constantly employed. 
Yeah, he spent a decent amount of time in the AHL as well. Um, but, like, I mean, Chicago had him on the roster, what, three times? He only spent – Chicago had him 2007 through 2010, got him back again in 2013, 2015. Uh, so he had two stints with, with the Blackhawks. But you figure um, he played he played with the Leafs, the Flyers, the Panthers in between those two stints. And then after the Blackhawks second stint, he was with the Hurricanes, the Kings and then the Flames. Yeah. And, and his second to last season wasn't particularly bad or in the NHL wasn't particularly bad. Thirty seven I mean, points. points. Yeah. In sixty nine games with a, uh, I just. His playoff numbers, 93 games played, 93 playoff games in his career, 18 goals, 30 point, 30 assists, 48 points. So about half, about a half point per game player in the playoffs. And that last season was on a contract for under a million. So they got their money. I mean, the Flames got their money out of him that year. Um. He, but at, at 33 years old, he says he's done. Uh, yeah. What else it, does he have? To, honestly, what else does he have to accomplish? I, I, I no, he's not. Is he Hall of Fame? No. No. But two Stanley Cups. Uh, the guys played all around the league, played around the world. He did spend four years, like you said, in the in. He did spend four, uh, three seasons, excuse me, in the AHL. Yep. Uh, Two of them with problems. Some Swedish hockey league time. Guys, guys done it all. There's really not a whole lot left for him to accomplish. I mean, he could probably go overseas and win a championship in one of the uh, in one of the European leagues. Uh, maybe not the KHL anymore. Uh, but uh, you know, you look at uh, maybe the Swedish league or. Um, the Italian league, uh, Asia's got a couple of different, uh, couple of different, uh, French, um, leagues. He could still go play someplace, make money. And, but you know what, if he, if he's sure it's his time, it's his time. Uh, he's only played about 60 game or under 50 games in the last, uh, two years. So, my best to him. Uh, entertaining to watch. Uh, uh, yeah, thank, uh, thank you, I guess, would be the appropriate thing here. <laughs> yeah. And and the other retiree is slightly older individual uh, at 41 years of age. A, a defenseman that probably taunted and, and absolutely drove Bruins fans to uh, various quantities of, of adult beverage. A uh, young man by the name of Andre Markov, and Andre Markov, like Versteeg, a sixth-round draft pick in the 1998 draft, and this yeah. guy spends all of his career with Montreal uh, from 2000 on to 2017. He's uh, you want to talk about a, a player who even for the last portion of his career was an iron horse. I mean, 
with the exception of his, his last season where he played 62 games. But the years before that, 82, 81, 81, 48 in the lockout shortened year. I mean, we're talking about a guy who he's been around, but he's more known for the players that have gotten rich off of him, off of playing with him. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it seems like it's the, the conversation is never about Andre Markov, but about Sheldon Surrey, about P.K. Subban, yep. about Marc-Andre Bergeron, uh, to a lesser-known oh, degree. I mean, Marc-Andre well, Bergeron was good. No, but. no, no. That's that's like the – that was the <laughs> defining one because Marc-Andre Bergeron, as soon as you took Markov away uh, – he was exposed. I'm not even sure that evaporate is a strong enough term for the <laughs> level of <coughs> contribution from defense while he was on the ice. Oh, because was Mark Streit, who ended uh, up going to Philly. Uh, well, Mark Streit came out of uh, the Islanders, didn't he? I don't know, but he played with Markov and then. Almost uh, positive. <laughs> S-T-R-E-I-T. S-T-R-E-I-T, uh, yeah. after Sheldon Surrey, who ended up getting himself five-year deal back in 06, 07. Uh, after the end of that season, got a five-year, $27 million contract with the Oilers. Mark Streit came in, uh, had a 13-goal, 62-point season, got himself a five-year, $20.5 million contract with the Islanders. The Islanders were after Okay, Strite was uh, Canadians, Islanders, Flyers, Flyers, and then back to Montreal yeah. for two games. Oh, oh. don't want to skip Mike Komisarek. <laughs> Mike Komisarek, uh, <laughs> Luke Beach's favorite punching bag. Yes, but after playing with Markov, got himself a five-year, $21.5 million contract out of the Leafs in 09. Which is hilarious. But this is what this this is what this guy is known for. Nobody sits there and goes, "Wow, Andre Markov was great." They go, "Wow, Mark Andre Markov played with all these guys who are making all this money." Yeah, um, uh, they they made all this money because they played with Markov. <laughs> I mean, even more than Hal Gill, or he's the ultimate other guy on a defensive pair. For whatever reason whether it was Halgill or Strite or even like to a certain extent Seabrook and Martinez, those are guys who play with a big name and make that big name look better. Um, Markov, Markov was a legit NHL high quality defenseman. And he's made himself a decent chunk of change on his own in his career. He earned over $63 million. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean I'm not no one's crying for him. The one, the, it's just that you you look at Subban, who's uh, who's made what over seventy million, or has his current contract is seventy million, something like that. I mean, it's a much it, higher cap pit now than when we started. I understand with that. Yes. Actually, the, I think it's close to double. The only sad part, the only, the only, the, the only real. I don't want to say depressing. It's not really the right word. But the only sad thing about Mar- Andre Markov is that he never made that. He never made it to that 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 milestone of 1,000 games. Really? Because he played a while. Although he took a few years off to go play in Russia. He never made he never made it to 1,000 games. He played in uh, 
990. Uh, see, that's the type of thing that would bother the ever-loving snot out of me. Uh-huh. Uh, like, because, yeah, because he played in Russia. He took that, he took the 04, well, oh, there was no, oh, there was no take, league in 04 or 05. If you take the, if you take the games that he's played in other professional leagues, and whether it's Russia or whether it's a K, in the KHL, yeah. he's certainly over a thousand. But as oh, far yeah. as his I mean, NHL career, if you I mean, just if you just had uh, the 05 season, 04, I mean, 05 season, or the full twelve thirteen season, he's is easily at a thousand. But I honestly don't think most players make that big a deal out of those made oh, oh out of those milestones. That and he never won a cup. That's and that's another tough one too. Yeah, he never won a cup. Um, that's uh, I, I just yeah. Did he drive Bruins fans crazy? Hell yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he played on the right team at the right time to drive Bruins fans absolutely uh, out of their out of their gourds, but. Yeah, there's a guy. I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying that again. I'm not talking Hall of Fame here, but I'm just talking about a guy who yeah, this seems, guy to, who seems to deserve more credit than he gets. The credit that he gets is based on the fact that he played with these other guys, and these other guys are making their careers off the fact that they played with him, or part, at least in part, because they played with him. It, and again, I probably should just say thank you, and and it was a pleasure to get to see you play. It was a frustrating pleasure, but it was definitely it, it was definitely illuminating, and he played the game the right way. And frustrating would also be the way to describe this next story. Um, Winnipeg has finally gotten itself. Um, Closure. closure. <laughs> Since everybody likes it. Winnipeg got itself closure. <clears throat> Dustin Bufflin, who has, uh, well, I don't know whether he wanted to retire, did retire, couldn't decide whether he wanted to retire, um, then needed surgery, didn't need surgery, decided eventually to have the surgery anyway. Um, well, he and the Winnipeg Jets, as it's reported, <clears throat> And I'm going to put reported in quotes, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, they they agreed to mutually terminate his contract, which means that he has, at 35 years old, given up on the remaining 14 million dollars on his contract. Wow, that's I mean that's <laughs> more than most guys, even in professional sports, earn in their career. He fourteen million dollars set to expire after next season. Now the issue here is that because he has, because they have ended his contract, is he cannot sign with any other team for the remainder of this year, this season, two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty. Whenever it is resumed. Whenever, uh, yes. Yeah. But uh, he can certainly sign with a team next year and and go forward. And at thirty five and. The way he's played, I, I don't think he's done by any stretch, but he also hasn't been on skates as far as we know. In a very long time. Yeah. 
but we're talking yep. about a three-time All-Star, 525 points in 800. He, he's another one who could certainly hit that 1,000 career mark, and had he played this year, would be a heck of a lot closer. And honestly, I don't say this about that many guys because the league is bigger than anyone, bigger than Gretzky, bigger than Borg, bigger than Orr, bigger than anyone actually playing right now. Um, The league Mm -hmm. needs him. He's one of those personalities who you cannot help paying attention to it kind of kind of like the guy in calgary there number 19 uh refresh my memory matthew kachuk oh him you know he might be one of those personalities i don't know just saying um yeah um but (laughs) every league needs those personality magnets whether you want to punch them in the face or name your kid, your dog, and your car after them. But that's exactly uh, why you need them because they, yes. they they extract that emotion out of you. Bufflin extracts that emotion out of everybody. So does Kachuk. So does Doughty, whether you like him or not. That's Evander why Doughty and Evander Kane is another one. Love Evander Kane. Love his his uh, outgoingness and perseverance. Shall we say? Ryan Gallagher. <laughs> um, Gallagher. Marshawn. Uh, the local like guy. Yeah. Don't like him. Uh, this is a guy who brings out that emotion. So yes, Bufflin is absolutely somebody the NHL needs. They're going to need, they're going to need as much uh, uh, as much of a draw as they possibly can. Once they get back to playing like the league needs him. And I hope, I really, really hope that he finds a job uh, doing like, commentary on like nbc or uh the nhl network uh for the remainder of the season that he can't for the remainder remainder of the season season, see if he's good at it and if he is which i i expect because dude is just a personality um that when he's finally done playing for real and permanently that he ends up someplace where we can appreciate just the well, magnitude of that's the story I found from the sporting news is the top five places where Bufflin could land. Go. I don't like him. <laughs> Number one. Uh, this Toronto. team is up. This team is up for every every certain every player that comes out. Oh, when Pittsburgh. you look at a potential landing spot, it's Toronto. Oh, obviously. everybody can land in Toronto. Yes, of course. With, okay, with what money <laughs> are they going I mean, to sign Dustin Bufflin? It says here that they have three defensemen set to become free agents. I've watched their team for a number of years. I would be hard-pressed <laughs> to name any actual defensemen. <laughs> That's part of the problem. Well, they have three players who are listed as defensemen that are going to be free agents. Tyson Barry, Cody Cece, and Travis Dermott. Now, of the three, Cody Cece is the best defenseman? Um, I, dep- I guess it depends on where on the ice you're talking about. Um, Tyson Barry is a more offensive-minded defenseman? Tyson Barry is clearly the most offensive-minded and the least defensively adept. Um <laughs> But they don't particularly need offense. Bufflin is good in both zones, uh, or all three zones. So Bufflin's play. Bufflin's another one of those defensemen who's also played like right wing and left yep. wing, and 
Right wing, left wing, broken wing, yeah. <laughs> Second landing spot. <sighs> okay, I can see this, I suppose. Florida Panthers. Uh, I love the description. I love the description of the Panthers. It says similar to the Maple Leafs, the Panthers have had a leaky defense this season. <laughs> leaky, ranked tied uh, for third in goals against per game at three point two five. Okay, if you're over, th- if you're over, if you're allowing three goals per game or more, I don't know that leaky is the appropriate adjective. <laughs> Uh, it says, despite that, the Panthers were on were right on the playoff bubble before the season paused. Mm-hmm. Um, again, yeah, could he help them? Absolutely. Do I? No. Third option. Wow, we're staying on the East Coast again. Buffalo Sabers. Um, I don't see that as a personality fit. Not if they're going to send. Not if they're going to send off a Vander Kane. Uh, I mean, Evander Kane is more outspoken. But I'm and, talking about just on ice. I mean, Buffalo like is. On, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that the players. On the ice, Buffalo wears his emotion on his sleeve, as oh, does Evander Kane. His as sleeve, do. his gloves, his knee pads, uh, <laughs> the back of his jersey, his helmet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But they um, have a lot of cap space, too. I mean, Jack Eichel, I think, would absolutely adore having uh Bufflin all out there on the power play and i think i think you would, al- think would well. also i think you would also adore having him on the ice whenever he's on the ice because it means uh probably a lot less in terms of intimidation and and physicality because now you're going to have to mess with the guy on the blue line that's going to come over and rearrange your head he doesn't even have to drop the gloves though <laughs> he could literally just skate through your space there and- you go and be in the next zone before you land. <laughs> uh, four and five, I'm going to invert. And they didn't number them, so I guess I can get away with this. Uh, the next team, Washington Capitals. <sighs> that could actually be a personality fit. I According mean, this, Bufflin could plug right in and be a high-scoring defenseman because, as it says here, John Carlson this season is led by... 30-year-old blue liner, 75 points, but the rest of the defensemen combined only have 77. So they're talking about having Bufflin. That in. I could see as a bit as a good fit because you've got you've got Ovechkin who is at least as emotional as Bufflin. You've got yeah. Oshie, who's another guy who isn't particularly muffled emotionally. You've got Tom Wilson, who's and- uh, and then you, even John Carlson. I mean, John Carlson compared to Ovi and uh, Wilson and Oshi and Bufflin is less emotional. Is it still but Brian McClellan still, down there? I believe so. But Brian McClellan and, and 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 Brian McClellan, if he were to bring in Mr. Bufflin, would I know I know this would break his heart, and 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 I'm sure it would break most Washington Capitals' heart if they were to bring in Bufflin. But they had to say goodbye to the likes of, of Radko Gudis and Brendan Dillon and Jonas Siegenthaler. I can see where tra- wanting to bring in Bufflin and having to let those three guys go, I could see where that would really be a hard choice. You know, it would demolish their jersey sales, too. 
I mean, if we're staying on the East Coast and talking about dude about places who would probably love to have him, oh. you have to look at the Islanders. And they're not even listed here. The last team is actually in the mm, Central. Uh, so are we talk? Are we are we talking a retread situation? No, no, no. Uh, no. No, not a retread situation. Further south or further north than his uh, original stomping grounds? Oh, it's it's south of it's south of us. Dallas. No, north of Dallas. Uh, you're talking St. Louis. No. Okay. Are these guys listed in the in the central or what? Who? Nashville. Oh, yeah, I don't see that one working. Really. I mean, maybe, but I mean, I get, well, I guess it depends on how much ice time you're expecting him to be able to play at a high level. If you're expecting him to come back and play, be able to play, you know, those 28 to 35 minutes a night that he's known for. No, it's absolutely not a fit. If you're expecting okay. to plug him out, throw him on the ice for 21, 22 minutes a night, maybe. I'm David Poyle, and I'm looking at Yannick Weber, Dan Hamhus, and Corbinian Holes are all being free agents. I can bring in Dustin Bufflin and have the coach pair him up, who, by the way, is now John Hines from New Jersey. Explain that. Um, but now I have Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matthias Ekholm, Dustin Bufflin. Does it really matter who the third pairing is, almost? I mean, it does to a point, but if you've got those four as your top four defensemen, are you not heading trending back toward the days of Weber, Yossi, um, uh, uh, Seth Jones as a youngster? God, you wish you would kept him now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are, but Matthias Eckholm was there. Ryan Ellis is in his younger days. I mean, you're. I mean, I understand that Bufflin's 35, but... And I, and the question becomes... I mean, the first question has to be, is this a 21-minute-a-night Bufflin? Is this a 27-minute-a-night Bufflin? If it's I 27 think, minutes a night, I don't think it works. If he's, and I don't think he has to play 27. Have to and want to uh, are entirely different things. Okay, yes, I understand have to and want to, but... In in Nash, if he were to sign in a Nashville situation, he wouldn't have to be. He could be a second pairing. He could play twenty to twenty two minutes a night. If, if that's your role for him, go for it. Um, well, you, I'm not going to move Yossi off the top line. I'm, and I didn't say you should. You've got your you've got good guys there. You've got really good guys there. I mean, Yossi, Ellis, Ekholm. That's a top three that you can bank on. Uh, every night. Um, but if you have a guy who wants to play 27 minutes a night, a guy with as much personality as Dustin Bufflin, and mm -hmm. he looks at and he looks down and tallies up his shifts halfway through the third period, 10 nights in a row, and he's at 19 minutes, it's going to get to him. Even if he's a really good guy about it, it's going to get to him. The frustration is going to show at some point. Now, other places that could really, really use him places where his personality would be highly welcome, uh, both on and off the ice. <laughs> well, you've already said the Islanders. I'm looking 
deep south and west. Las Vegas. Big buff in this instant <laughs> city. I mean... No, I, I love it, actually. I, like, I, can't, I don't know why they didn't list any Western Conference teams on, on here. Most of the Western Conference is garbage. Well, this is true, <laughs> except for Vegas. Um, and another and team, if they, if they is, particularly if they're looking for a mentor for the next three, four years, uh, an up-and-coming team that's really kind of fun and would reinvigorate pretty much anyone this side of the, this side of the dirt. Um, you have to look at Vancouver. Vancouver, young, Vancouver's got big. Vancouver's got money problems right now, though. They do. That's why um, they would need uh, they would need help in the cap area. Uh, they do, but I don't know who else. Um, I mean, depending on whether he's going to take have to take a show me deal or if he can get a close to real value contract, you know, six, seven million, um, that that's going to dictate where he can land. Um, if he's going to have to take a show me deal. Yeah. Vancouver would be perfect for at least a year. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not a good landing spot. I'm just saying money wise, it's difficult to make it work because you've only got, you only got one true UF. You got, I'm sorry, you got two true UFO, UFAs, but one of them doesn't save you. Oh no, wait a minute. I'm, my apologies. You got three. Tyler Toffoli, who you can let go, uh, is at 4.6. Uh, I don't I'm know. Not sure. Long term, that's a great roster move uh, to let go the young forward for an old defenseman. Tyler Toffoli uh, is 27. Yeah, but that's still. I mean, that's edging towards the end of the prime for my thing is if you're going to bring him in and you paid what you paid for him i mean they gave up they gave up uh, john they gave up madden for tyler madden for him and i still think that tyler madden is going to be a solid uh, he's going to be a very good player in the nhl i'm not going to come out and say he's hall of fame because the last guy that everybody thought was hall of fame was um oh wait he plays here in boston but anyway yeah uh yeah, but if you're going to give up a Tyler Madden caliber, I mean, he, his cal, his his upside is huge, and for Tyler Toffoli and then not resign him, yeah, I think that's a huge mistake. I think that, that that's paying way too much because it wasn't just Madden; it was the draft picks that they gave up as well. Uh, but as far as defense goes, you, I mean, Tanev is 30 years old. And he's a free agent. And Oscar Fantenberg, also a former uh, uh, L.A. King. we got a lot of L.A. Kings on this team. Oh, yeah. Oscar, Oscar Fantenberg, at 28 years old, is making a whopping $850,000, which should tell you probably as much as you need to know. Is he is he horrible? No. But uh, seventh, sixth defenseman? Yeah. And I he's going to be. If you're looking for a full value deal, you know, that six plus million range and you don't mind adding that much more personality to your blue line. And you're in need of offense and uh, energy and solid defense. Mm -hmm. There is a place out east we actually haven't talked about and the personality might actually be too much. Wait, there's a place out east? Yeah. 
There's a place on the East Coast where we haven't talked about. Are you going to try yeah. and shoehorn him into Philly? Uh, nope, not Philly. Oh, please don't say Pittsburgh. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I mean, he'd instantly become their best defenseman, but uh, he'd become their only defenseman. What are you talking about? <laughs> New oh, I said that out loud, didn't I? New Jersey. I now New Jersey would be interesting. Interesting in multiple ways. I mean, I mean him uh, and PK Subban on uh, the same blue line is yeah. That I. I mean, is there enough room? What, what what building do they play hockey in? Is it still the Brendan Byrne Arena? No. <laughs> uh, that's that's a lot of personality. That's a lot of ego. I don't know if it fits in the building. But if you, I mean, let's be honest. It, you can have two completely separate power play units with Bufflin on one and Subban on the other. Not disagreeing. I'm just. It, which you would have to build a new sta- you would you would have to build a new stadium just to fit the egos, not the players, just the egos. <laughs> hey, if they don't need a new stadium for the collective in Pittsburgh, I, I think that uh, I think that these two would be okay. But Jesper Brett, Nico Heischer, and Jack Hughes spread out between the two power play units. Mm-hmm. Um, Subban on one. Dustin Bufflin on the other. Tell me you couldn't work some magic at five and four. I'm sorry. They play they play in the Prudential Center in Newark. Uh, the Brendan Byrne Arena was a long time ago, so I'm dating myself yet again. Uh, it also <laughs> referred to a 41-year-old as a young man earlier today, so not the first time this show. It holds 19,500 people. It doesn't specify how many egos it can hold at the same time, but I'm going to guess – between the, those two, it's probably filled the capacity. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Don't they let NBA players in there? So it's got to have plenty of room. <laughs> no, wait a minute. There is no New Jersey team anymore. Uh, I guess I don't know. I they moved the to Brooklyn. Oh, right. The Nets moved to Brooklyn. So there is no New Jersey basketball team. So, it, no, it, it's – I mean, there is a New Jersey team that plays in there, the New Jersey Rockets. Is that a WNBA team? A literally no idea because basketball is not my thing. I see. Uh, no, the New Jersey Rockets, my apology, not, not only a basketball team, they're an ice hockey team. <laughs> Yeah, no, I should have looked that up before opening my mouth. They play in the U.S. Premier Hockey League, whatever that might oh, be. That's that's a that's, that's a junior hockey league. Uh, yes, it is. They have uh, they have teams up here in Boston, Junior Bla- uh, Junior Bruins, and oh yes, the Junior Bru- okay. Kings, uh, I believe, and two or three others. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry, didn't mean away to, your did, uh, silliness. Enough with the, uh, but I digress. <laughs> Uh, I think I think that there's a there's a good number of landing places for Bufflin depending on what he wants. It's, it's all about money. I mean, is he going to take less money? I mean, it, he's is got he gonna, seven mil per right now. Is he going to take a show me deal at like two to five million? It, does he want full value? Take a show me take a show me Robin Leonard deal. One year, three million bucks. I mean, at one year, three million bucks. There's teams who would make who would make <laughs> their teams that would fall over themselves. 
Uh, and not just teams who are in the middle of the league or the bottom of the league, but there's some teams near the top of the league. I think that I think that you might see if he if he announced that he was willing to sign a one year three million deal. I think you might see Tampa Bay jump into jump into that because why not? Hedman, Bufflin, <laughs> McDonough. What? Uh, I mean, that's staggering. Well, you put him down there with Tampa Bay, and I don't know if Tampa Bay can – can they even afford that kind of contract? I mean, They would have to lose people. I mean, they would legitimately have to lose people. But and, yes, Hedman, McDonough, I mean, Shattenkirk's gone. Contracts already. Uh, I mean, we're talking about next season, but um, – yeah, but Shattenkirk would be gone at the end. Shattenkirk's a free agent at the end of this season. Uh, Zach Bogosian's a free agent at the end of this season. Bam. You replace uh, Bogosian and... Uh, Shattenkirk, that's slightly over three mil between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what their cap hit is, but salary-wise. Hey, hey, we're done. Don't need to do anything else. Luke Shen... Luke Shen at 30 made $700,000. Did I miss something? Really bad years. Apparently. Really bad years. Michael Sergachev at 21 makes more than he does. Whew. Um, I want to <laughs> say he was bought out at some point, but I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah, but they're going to um, resign Sergachev. They're going to resign Cernak, two really good young defensemen that they have on that squad. So if you have Hedman, Ryan, Coburn, is is got one year uh, got next year left on his deal uh so that's one two three you sign Sergachev, you sign cernak that's five you lost these other three guys that gives you your three million dollars you sign you'd still need like because that's only one yeah that's only five guys you'd, that you'd still need like a seventh defenseman to sit in the ninth ring is whatever but uh yeah, it's doable. Tam- I, I suppose Tampa Bay could make it work. Uh, Breezebaugh learned under Eiserman, and Eiserman somehow managed to keep all that talent signed and happy. So if Breezebaugh learned anything from Eiserman, he should be able to make it work. Uh, unless you try, unless Ber- unless Eiserman sold them all on, hey. We're going to make the playoffs again, and we got a chance to get to the get to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, yeah, you only have to go through to, uh, Tampa, uh, Toronto, and the Bruins. Uh, oh wait, <laughs> and um, and the Columbus Blue Jackets and Carolina Hurricanes. Wait, and the and the and the Islanders. At who was it that put them out in four? Was it the Blue Jackets or the Islanders last year? I don't remember, but it was embarrassing. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> On the other hand, I still I still have no idea how their coach has a job. None. We we discuss when that you every coach in the postseason, and your Don't. reaction to being down two or three games to nothing is, well, it's not over yet, and when it is, <laughs> I'll have to look back and figure out and decide how mm-hmm. it is I feel. Yes, John Cooper. All the nose. I'm surprised Not the next. I'm though, surprised the very know. next question in the press conference was, "Do you have a spine? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a brain?" I mean, he seemed to be reprising all of Dorothy's friends at once. 
no spine, <laughs> no brain, no courage. By the way, just to just to throw this out there as a little uh, exclamation point, Dustin Bufflin. We talked about Bristigue, fifth round pick. We talked about Markov, <laughs> sixth round pick. Dustin Bufflin, <clears throat> eighth round pick. Yeah, two thousand three entry draft. Now, granted, the 2003 draft you will never see the likes of again, but if you had to redraft, I'm certain he wouldn't wait until the eighth round. Uh, he would go in the first round. Even in the eight, even in the 03 draft, he would not be eighth round. He would, uh, would would he make it out of the tw- uh, would he make it out of the teens? I, I don't think he'd go top ten in that draft, but would he make it out of the teens? Uh, actually, why don't not. we do this? Why don't we do this? We haven't done it before. For next week's show, why don't we redraft the 2000 individually redraft uh, the 2003 draft? Oh God! <laughs> Just order them one through thirty. We don't and, necessarily and, have to get all of the teams in order as they drafted that year, but just one through thirty, or actually one through thirty-one, since there's thirty-one teams now. We're not counting Seattle yet. We're not counting Seattle yet. Uh, I don't. Uh, just one through thirty-one. <laughs> For next week, um, that should uh, that will be something interesting. That's actually hockey to talk about. And We've been talking hockey. What are you talking about? Well, other shows have devolved into lesser topics. Ah. Um, and oh gosh, that'll be a lot of fun to talk about because we'll probably get two may two to three goalies into that thirty-one. Um, uh-huh. I can think of one already. So uh, I think there's probably six or seven, I mean, minimum seven or eight defensemen who are going to be in that first round. Minimum of seven or eight defensemen. Wow. Um, and I, well, like I said, the guys I think we're going to drop out of the first round versus uh, are probably more interesting. Well, I, I'll tell you the one that's definitely going to drop out now so that the surprise is over. Mm, Hugh Jessamine. Hugh Jessamine, yeah. <laughs> Just barely. He might get taken at 32. Sorry, uh, sorry, Seattle. And this this, this is actually going to be more difficult than you seem to think it's going to be. I didn't say it was going to be easy, but it, it should be entertaining. Oh, it um, will be. <laughs> and... What else do we got going on? Oh, wait. We got Sammy, we got Bristig, we got Markov, we got Bufflin. We got to talk about, uh, at the very least, some Twitter polls, and then uh, we can disp- skip our Twitter poll, except for the fact that you won uh, your team uh, with. Uh, Wait, which one? Wait, your first, uh, the one I listed first. Um, oh, here we go. This week on, you know, we talked about the. Oh wow. I'm actually kind of not surprised. Neither am I. Um, Only because of the names. Marchand and Doughty won. Um, I think that I I like the team. Um, Even if you don't have a real true center on there, although neither of my teams do either. So details, details. Well, JT Miller winning 53% of his face-offs and approving year over year. I think the thing with that particular team compared to others is the name power. See, Not so much my, JT Miller, but Marshand and Doughty. I mean, yeah, Braden Point, really good. Slavin, I love Jake, I love Jakob Slavin. But Riley Smith, uh, I'm surprised he didn't get votes here in Boston. Yeah. My my thing is, 
I don't know, aside from Marshan, that Miller and Doughty are as fast as they were two years ago. And I think as a threesome, but they as don't we... have speed to keep up with some of the other threesomes. But I, like ability... your, I like your team. I really like your team. But their ability to, and if you watch three on threes, the yeah. their ability to possess the puck. To possess and... And move it around. And, and retrieve. I'll give them the ability to retrieve it. But I think that their ability to move both their bodies and the pucks is not as high as a threesome as, as say, uh, the Point Nylander uh trio. Yeah, that there's a there's a three there's a threesome that's going to rush the puck and and get it up ice very quickly. Yes, I agree. Um, but I think I think the three on three the the other aspect of it with the possessing the puck and holding on to it and getting shots and retrieving the puck, getting it back, swinging it around again. I think that's where Doughty, Martian, and Miller would shine because their ability to hold on to the puck. Would would certainly out. You would need a very good defensive trio to stop that. To to Absolutely. take the puck away. Just counter. Um, and the a poll that I found really really interesting when I saw it. It's not ours. Um, Sinbin Vegas uh, at Sinbin Vegas um, put up a poll uh, when the NHL pause ends. Which describes your willingness to go to a game at T-Mobile Arena? Their choices were not going until a, vac- a vaccine, not going until mass testing, little scared, but I'll go, and no fear, I'll go right away. Um, <laughs> I did not vote in this one, but neither did I. my vote um, would have won anyway. <laughs> uh, 10.5% said not going until a vaccine. Um Second place was a little bit nebulous because I'm not sure how you're going to define mass testing, uh, and that was 19.1%. 22.4 was a little scared, but I'll go. And then no fear, I'm in right away. 48.1%, meaning that like 60, uh, just under 63%, um, or 61% or, or 62% rather are going to go right away or, or willing to go back to the arena. Um, as one of their, one of their followers, uh, replied, um, basically the sellouts will continue. I'm not surprised. Um, I'm not, I'm not either. Uh, I don't know where Vegas is in terms of, uh, in, in terms of their ideas and, and hold and pausing and, and whatnot. But, I I would be absolutely inclined to head to a hockey game. I love hockey. Uh, I enjoy it. I I can't wait to see a game in T-Mobile Arena. I'm hoping that I can get myself out there at some point to see one. Uh, same to be said for Bridgestone Arena in in Nashville. I would love to see a game there as well. Uh, yeah, I'm in. I, I and that's I, as close as I want to get to talking about it. If I were going to put together a four-team, a four-city tour, <laughs> it would have to be the Madhouse at Madison. As much as I can't stand that song, I would love to see a game in Chicago, yes. Um, it would be Nashville. Yep. It would be Vegas. 
and it yeah. would be Tampa Bay. Those are the four cities I want to go see a game in. Really, Tampa Bay? Their fans are loud. I just I don't get the time, that. And there's a lot of Boston fans down there too. So okay, I, I mean from that fun. standpoint, I guess I would have fun with that that city. Yeah, I know that there's a lot of people who would want to go to Montreal or Toronto or, um, and I can get that. I just don't like the cold that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you figure three of the three of the four are not exactly cold weather. Thank you. So you're talking Vegas, yeah, Vegas Nashville, Vegas. and. Tampa Bay, not exactly cold weather. Chicago, you'll have to tolerate. Sorry. <laughs> See, Chicago, I would go to like a season opener or maybe like the last regular regular season games. Last Trying to keep week. it as warm as possible, are we? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not going to Chicago in like the third week of February. Oh, come on. Be brave. <laughs> uh, I live in New England. <laughs> this is true. I have enough bravery uh, just going to the day job and not having to deal with uh, not having to deal with flights that are delayed 94 times before actually being canceled to go out to Chicago and get home. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not I don't want to be out there if there's going to be three feet of snow and, and Chicago does get its fair share of snow. But. Um, I, I do. I, I, I can see. I can okay. see going and, and going. Uh, they they do get raucous and, and I do happen to like a good raucous hockey crowd. That's why I want Nashville. That's why I want T-Mobile Arena. So, yeah, I can I, add I Chicago. Columbus, too. Hmm? They, they, Columbus has a nice rowdy crowd, too. I want to see it on a night where John Tortorella has himself a... a <laughs> John Tortorella having a bench level meltdown. Oh, I like that would that like two to thirty minutes would make the entire cost of the trip. Like legitimately the entire cost of the trip. It wouldn't matter if the game got stopped like three minutes into the game and they didn't refund it. That John Tortorella they meltdown. Didn't it. <laughs> that John Tortorella meltdown would be everything that I needed. Yeah, he's – if I'm missing anything with this pause, I'm missing John Tortorella. <laughs> um, did, um, we, did we talk about the compliance buyouts earlier in the show? Or the we haven't talked about them at all. I, I, I just um, – if we have time to really delve into it or if we want to give it a little – give it more time next week. Uh, we can talk about it a little bit because honestly, I think the redraft is going to eat a lot of time next week, uh, and we, we we can make seven or eight minutes right now. Um, oh, it's funny that you mentioned Columbus at the end there because we did leave off one signing, and that's Eunice Corpusello. Uh, I don't know how this works for um, Elvis because I think Elvis uh, has pretty much stolen the starting gig. In my opinion, uh, I think he's got a better save percentage, but it's also a smaller number as far as Corpusello has been around a little bit longer. It's not a huge deal, from, or is it a huge deal? He signed a two-year extension. Uh, what's he getting? Two point, 
how much is he getting now? Uh, 2.2 million next season and 3.4 million the year after that. Yeah. If I'm not so, reading this right. So 6.6 and 5.6 million. Uh, like I said, my concern is, is what are you going to do with Elvis? Cause this is a kid who stepped up for you and, uh, pretty much dragged you kicking and screaming back into uh, relevance and, and contention and whatnot. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and he did it with just, he just did it so well. He did it with Blair. It wasn't like he was stopping 10 bucks a night to do it. Um, the thing is were, that, yeah, it, he had a, you look at, Goals against average was 2.80 and a 9.08 for. Oh no, that's for. I'm sorry, that's for Corpusallo's career in Columbus. Yeah. He's a 2.80 and a 9.08. Uh, he had a 2.6 and a 9.11 this season. Merzlikens, granted, it's a smaller number of games, but 2.35 goals against uh, as opposed to 2.6. And a 9.23 save percentage as opposed to a 9.11, and he had five shutouts, which puts him up near the top of the league. The thing is that they're both such low cap hit that both are both are affordable. Oh yeah, and you may want to keep them both to make sure that uh, Merzlikens wasn't uh, well wasn't the next Raycroft. Uh, Uh, yeah, and yeah, I think hanging, I think hanging on to both of them will be good. I just think that somehow Merzlikens needs to, I don't know, either when we start up again, continue to play him as the number one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, um, so. Compliance buyouts is something we'll talk about next week. Uh, we're going to redraft. Each of us is individually going to redraft the uh, the 2003 draft, something we have legitimately talked about since before we started the show. Um, and I think it's going to be entertaining. If any of you have uh, – if any of you want to tweet us your top ten or email us your top ten, we'll talk about it on the show. Um, we don't promise to be gentle, but we promise not to be complete jerks and maybe this is just not something I, in the, in the two plus years we've been doing this, we've talked about redrafting this draft and, and I've never looked upon it with, uh, not so much disdain, but it's, it's going to be a lot of heavy lifting. It's like, how do you, how do you recreate the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel? Uh, one brick at a time. Uh, okay, that's sort of like asking, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but seriously, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at PuckSage. Chris? Uh, at the off wing. Uh, TwoManForeCheck.com is our webpage. Um, for Facebook slash um, TwoManForeCheck uh, for the show's page. Um, I'm e- pretty easy to find Mike Sage. Um, you can email us at those T W O at uh, two man, four check.com. 
Uh, that message will go to both of us. And we are happy uh, for your comments, topic suggestions, um, love mail, hate mail, whatever you want to send us. Uh, no nudes. Uh, we have a strict policy. Um, <laughs> uh, Not going to go uh, into why. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for listening. Stay safe.